You are now listening to Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Fregera. It's a podcast designed to bring awareness on intended or unintended crimes against humanity, how we can rise above it, claim our divine inheritance, and return the soul power to the people. Welcome, 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 everyone. Welcome to Soul Part Two, the People Podcast. And today, I am so honored to have author, blogger, uh, political activist, uh, just Joseph Leonard. Um, he just came out with a book uh, called Terror Strikes, and. Um, yeah, it kind of sounds terrifying, right? Terrorism, terror strikes. But I just have to remind myself that Joseph here is a stand-up comedian also. So hopefully our conversation today would be light. But my point, my intention in bringing this podcast to you is to help us understand what is going on in the world right now, what inspired him to write the book and, and shed light on terrorism because you know life happiness liberty uh, all that is being taken away when we allow terrorism to dictate and rule over our lives so without further ado welcome to soul power to the people podcast joseph thanks for being here today thanks for having me um, i'll probably be a little bit slower in my responses today because i feel like i've got a brick where my brain should be i got a head cold <laughs> no worries you know when I'm editing the shows I feel like I talk so very slow too I'm like Tess come on just just stop <laughs> but when you're articulating your thoughts sometimes yeah like that I get very slow myself so don't worry about it uh, I, I'm just so glad that you're here so terror strikes what inspired you to write your book Actually, this book came to me in a dream in 2006. And so I sat down and started writing it in 2006, but it didn't quite all come together. And I put it to the side. Well, the dreams came back again last year. And I thought, okay, mm. I, I need to get this book done now. Now is the right time. It's important because a lot of people during the Wuhan virus, paranoia, hysteria, despite the 99.8 survivability rate, were thinking that uh, terrorism went away all of a sudden. It didn't. It's just that the media was focused on the virus hysteria for ratings and not showing you all the news, the terrorism that was still there and is still there today. Like now, there have been 205 mass shootings in the United States this year alone. How many of you heard of? You could count them on one hand because they pick wow. and choose something that they can twist and spin the narrative to their agenda rather than just report the news to you. Mm -hmm. Well, there was a mass shooting at a school again, wasn't it just yesterday? Yes, yeah, in Texas, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Again, somebody who had made, made hints 
that that sort of behavior might happen and we didn't do anything to stop it. And, and once again, a shooting taking place at a gun-free zone because these killers, these wannabe mass murderers know that if there's a gun-free zone sign out front, they won't have opposition for 10, 15 minutes while it takes right. for the police to get there. So it's a very soft target, a soft target opposed to a hard target, which I go into in terror strikes coming soon to a city near you a little bit. Uh, and you heard about the Buffalo shooter also recently, although, mm -hmm. and, and an example of the terrorism during the um, height of the Wuhan virus paranoia still was the Wilkeshawn, Wisconsin Christmas parade terror attack. If you are a CNN viewer, you only saw that because they first started reporting it as if it were a horrible accident, as if somebody just happened to turn down the wrong road, go past barricades and started barreling into people. Well, as soon as it became clear that it was a terror attack, they kind of quickly dropped it from their airwaves because it's another incident like I go into in my book, where if you're soft on crime, you're going to get more crime. Daryl, how oh, I forget. now here's that cold medicine problem again. I'm I'm forgetting his last name. Brooks, Daryl Brooks, could have been behind bars because a week before the Christmas parade assault. He tried to run mm. down his significant other with the very same vehicle. He attacked people at the Christmas parade. So wow. that's a story a lot of people don't want to cover because it's an attack that could have been prevented. And people don't want that narrative with all this defund the police stupidity going around. If you're going to defund yeah. police, and let criminals out of jail, you know, get out of free jail pass, then you're going to get more crime. Some people have. Yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's happening right now in the city of Minneapolis, where um, I have my residence, uh, my my property. So it's it's really so sad and, and scary and frustrating to live in a city that's uh, where crime terrorizes uh, its residents. So yes, so you've tied it to the Wuhan, you've tied it to the current shootings, um, what the media is covering, who or what, who are the ideal readers of your book or who would you like to hear this message today in this podcast? Who would yeah. be your ideal listeners? Well, I know there's the old saying that you try to please everyone, you please no one. So mm -hmm. under that advisement, I'm still going to say <laughs> this book is for everybody. I wrote it for everybody. I wrote it for young and old uh, because there will be information in here 
perhaps older folks didn't remember or need to rehear. And especially for like high school kids who aren't getting some of these lessons in their school. So it, for a very a wide range of age audience. It's also a book for both genders. It is not mm. a Rambo, shoot 'em up, blood and guts everywhere kind of, you know. <laughs> so male and female will both enjoy this book. Uh, whether you're religious or not, or political or not, you should still be able to enjoy this book. However, I sat down to write an honest book and you cannot deal in the subject of terrorism without dealing in the religion and the politics because they are part and parcel with why they want to kill us. Wow. T tell us more about that. What is that? Why are they trying to kill us? Or um, what, what had you say that, that they are trying to kill us? Well, they will claim it's out of, it depends on the day. And I go into this in my book. It shows kind of their hypocrisy. Their arguments will change depending on the day. One argument will be out of religious purity that they deem their fundamentalist reading of Islam uh, means that they must cleanse the earth of, earth of everyone who will not convert. And the other aspect is they are no different than any other fascists on the planet. They want a new world order. They want to be in charge of that new world order. So they want an Islamic caliphate that runs and rules the world. So, but the bottom line really is it comes down to, and we see that out of some in our own country too that seem to hate our own nation based on its judeo-christian ethics and morality foundings uh that hate or uh, have a great deal of jealousy and envy and covetousness and laziness that they don't want to earn anything for themselves they just envy what others have attained and feel that they can steal it for themselves rather than earn it. Mm. Wow. Yeah, that oh, science med is kicking in, so I got to take a drink. <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about it. I'm, all dried uh, I'm not up. on medication <laughs> also, I'm all but I'm dried I'm... up. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> Gonna have dry mouth well, the whole interview. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> so, what was the hardest uh, chapter to write in your book? The middle ones, <laughs> because, like I said, it came to me in a dream. Literally, came to me in a dream. So, this is both a combination of a literal you know, realizing both a literal and figurative dream come true. So I, I had my beginning and my ending and the what to include in the middle was the hardest part. And uh, even though this is a very serious topic, I felt I had to write a chapter called Comic Relief 
in there. And at the end of the chapter, my character Martin says to some girls at a pizza place, remember things could always be better, but things could often be worse. And we need to keep our sense of humor about us. Even though everything is so serious, if we don't laugh on occasion, we'll be crying all the time, right? So it was a hard determination of what to put in those middle chapters. In fact, some I left out. Uh, there was to be a chapter called Terror Havens that would have gone more in depth to the all the all all the recognized terror groups, where they are and who is funding them. But in the end, I left that out because I felt it was a bit too dry. It was too much of a history book kind of a, a thing. And I, you know, although my book deals in history and tying history all together, I didn't want it to be too much like a history book, too dry. I wanted it to be story fashion so people could still learn things, but be entertained. And also, these days with inflation, what it is, we're all hurting in the pocketbook. Uh, the price of gas to be able to get back and forth to work to earn a living is, is atrocious. And to get back and forth to the grocery store, the price of groceries are atrocious right now. The price of everything is soaring. So I wanted to keep my book down to a story of about 250 pages and the overall book is 286 pages so that it could come in under $20. And if that is even too much, you could shop around some discount publishers you can get it for even less than that. Because uh, again, I know people are hurting in the pocketbook. So I wanted to come in under $20. Well, in my opinion, um, <clears throat> what's happening right now, the price of gas, the price of food, the price of lumber, right? It's all part of uh, terrorism. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's a control manipulation because it's it's no longer a natural supply and demand kind of thing it's manipulated it's controlled it's uh created to induce terror in people and keep them in fear that's my feel of it that's my observation um and and you know wuhan lab you mentioned mass shootings and all this you know are the more uh, obvious ways to terrorize people. But I think uh, the, what's happening in our economy right now, in our politics, in the racial divide um, is an example of terrorism that we're living through right now that may not be obvious as uh, induced terrorism, as, uh, as uh, organized terrorism against uh, the people. When you were writing this book, did you lose family, friends, community? Oh. I, I don't have much family left, unfortunately. My mother just passed last July. She was suffering dementia. And my dad died in 2014. The grandparents are all gone. I only have one sister. So, I, you know, I don't have much family other than, you know, the cousins, the aunts and uncles are all gone too. So all I have are extended family and friends. But, you know, they were all very encouraging. 
uh, you know, they, they understood what I was getting at here. And uh, that one of the themes in the book is being an ostrich. Uh, in the Naperville chapter towards the end, Teresa comes to the realization that in regard to a lot of things, not just terrorism, going on general crime, going on around her, she was more of an ostrich than the mama bear she needed to be to protect her child. So, you know, an ostrich can wander onto a railroad track, hear a noise. If it buries its head between the rails, it isn't gonna be stopped from being barreled over by that train barreling down the tracks just because it no longer sees and hears it coming. So you have to be alert to what's going on around you. But like I say about my book, my book, Terror Strikes, is not really a book about death, but about life and living and those both foreign and domestic who would deprive you of your life, liberty, and pursuit of happiness. So you have to pursue your happiness, live your life, but you can't go on a life oblivious to things around you anymore. Uh, what you don't see coming can and may hurt you, literally kill you. Yeah, and that's uh, exactly why, you know, the format of this show. First, we shed light on the crime, the atrocities, atrocities the terrorism, um, because, yeah, we cannot be oblivious. You are absolutely right. We have to be alert on what is going on. And from that level of awareness, um, we can then shift our perception, right? We can open up to things that we didn't uh, notice before. A lot of people are walking around ignorant, in denial, or worse, arrogant, that this is how it should be when they have no clue that terrorism is at their door. Um, so. Let me ask you, Joseph, why did you agree to come on the show today? Well, uh, I think this show, you're talking about soul-powered, which in a sense is, for most people, would be a religious feeling. Uh, mm. And I am a Christian. I am an author. That doesn't ex uh, de facto make my book a Christian book, though, because, I mean, again, what Christian would write a book on terrorism? But yet here I am. So, again, I sat down to write a book about many sub-themes, and one of the sub-themes is a mental health issue, because 22 veterans a day take their own lives on average, and first responders also deal with stress and depression and issues of suicidal thoughts. So there's parts of my book that deal with the sub-theme of suicide prevention. And that's an important sub-theme because uh, that knows no politics, left or right. It knows no particular religion. It, you know, it knows no particular age group. And in fact, with the isolation of the Wuhan lockdowns, suicide rates in children skyrocketed. Uh, so we, we've got to get our minds, bodies, and souls together and realize that if you feel those things, reach out to somebody for help. Yeah, absolutely. One of the very 
few episodes, uh, one of the very first episodes that we publish here at So Power to the People podcast is, you know, the effect of lockdown and, and you know, how is that going to affect mental health of the people? And now two years later, we are seeing the staggering effects of the lockdown. And it's not, you know, when, when the lockdown started, they, they said, you know, it's to protect your grandma and that, but really they didn't think beyond the effects on children, how, what the lockdown is uh, going, how is this going to harm people, that the children, the parents, the income providers, the business owners, everyone, um, including grandma. Um, yeah, my my mother, who was um, in a nursing home, uh, took the vaccines and ended up uh, losing her life after, right after the vaccine. So it's it wasn't old age. It wasn't you know she still had much life for her. She's always been you know there's there's uh, of course you know she's she's old. She she died. Uh, she would have been ninety uh, this year in April, but she died at eighty nine. So. She lived a full life and could have she could live she could have lived longer and that's the kind of terrorism that is in our faces right now and it's right at the tip of our nose but people don't see it people don't see it because they're living in their own inner terrorism themselves right um, and thank you for saying that we need to align body mind and spirit because really that is how we return the soul power to the people. They they are forgetting the soul part. They're forgetting their they have higher power. They have they're forgetting that they have in them already inner resources that when they tune into they when they tap into they can uh rise above the terrorist attack, you know, foreign and domestic and domestic um in our life. So talk to us more about terrorism, um Joseph. Uh I know there's so much that you didn't put in your book and there's so much that you did uh, end up uh, adding in your book, but for today, what's in your heart? What is one uh, valuable advice that you can give to the listeners? Well, like I said, don't be an ostrich. <laughs> I mean, that's, and the remember, things could always be better, but they could often be worse. It's the best advice anyone can give, I think. and. Uh, uh, while this book is dealing, it takes place in the United States, it's an international book. Uh, there is a chapter on Toronto, Ontario, Canada, a chapter on London, England, a chapter on Madrid, Spain, and a chapter on Tokyo, Japan. So terrorism is, of course, a global issue that has to be addressed. Uh, we were uniquely hit, of course, on 9-11, uh, one of the biggest and oldest uh, attacks of terrorism there was. But they are planning other things. They are never stopped planning. They are always looking to try to one-up themselves in some way. And our greatest threat is that if Iran gets the nuclear bomb or Iran or Pakistan shares uh, 
toxic radioactive materials to terrorists who then can create a dirty bomb and the numbers that that would go way above and beyond what a 9-11 did. Uh, that's the greatest concern and threat. And unfortunately, we've got a government now that seems to want to help Iran get a nuclear bomb, even though they don't threaten just Israel. They call Israel the little Satan. Remember, the United States is still the big Satan that they want to destroy. So they aren't going to be happy with just a few nuclear weapons lobbed into Israel to create another Holocaust. Some of those will be coming our way if we don't stop them. And I, I, I cannot understand the current mindset of giving them more money to help them fund terrorism. Mm -hmm. Would you have written a chapter about what's going on in Ukraine and Russia? Yeah, my book came out before that. So there's only a brief mention uh, of Ukraine in there and Putin. Uh, obviously, a lot more has come to light since this book is released. And there is a, a chapter called Atrocity. And uh, I would have gone more in depth on the Ukraine thing in that chapter, tying it to past Russian atrocities. Because there are some out there who seem to think Putin is somehow the good guy in this, I, and I don't get it. To those people, I immediately ask, well, what was Putin's excuse for invading Ukraine before under Obama when he went into Crimea? And what was Putin's excuse for invading the former Soviet Republic of Georgia that was now free? and Russia's excuse for invading Chechnya, and Russians' excuse for invading Afghanistan before that, and Poland and Finland to start World War II. Remember, Russia, in, Stalin invaded Finland before Hitler invaded any other country, and Russia invaded Poland from the other flank at the same time Germany did. So you've got all these examples of Russian aggression. It's a pattern of behavior. There was absolutely no excuse for Putin to invade Ukraine, who was in no way a threat to them. Mm -hmm. And so how are we going to stop it? So what is your message to the people now that there's terrorism everywhere? And you said, if we don't stop them, but how do we stop them? Well, it's like the... Uh, gun the, uh, the school shooting just yesterday in Texas, no matter how many laws you pass, you are not going to stop a mad person from getting a crazy person or someone with such ill intent to want to kill others for whatever reason from getting a weapon. And if it isn't a gun, it can be a knife like I go into in my London, England chapter, they have the strictest gun laws, so they have a lot of stabbings there. We, we can do our due diligence and our intelligence agencies have to be aware and alert as do we with what's going on around us. But unfortunately, not all terrorist strikes can be stopped. We can stop some of them. Like the other day, it came out 
there was a plot to assassinate former President G.W. Bush. I don't know if you'd heard that yet, but they foiled the plot to assassinate G.W. Bush because it was an Iraqi citizen, not, not an Al-Qaeda or Taliban situation. It was an Iraqi wanting revenge on Bush for the Iraq war. Well, everybody still blames Bush for the Iraqi invasion, but I need to remind people that it was actually Bill Clinton that signed the Iraqi, uh, uh, my cold med is blocking again, the Iraqi Liberation Act or something like that, like that. In Bill Clinton's second term, he signed the law that made it United States stated policy to eventually overthrow Saddam. But Clinton didn't do that, Bush did, but it was part of the United States doctrine to go into Iraq eventually because of Saddam's funneling of monies to terrorist groups. Mm -hmm. And so how are we going to stop the U Ukraine Russia. Yeah, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to go in ourselves because that's one of those situations where we have to try to avoid the bigger, broader conflict starting World War III and avoiding World War III if we can. Uh, so all we can do is what we are doing. I mean, helping them with supplies, although we should have done it sooner. Under the Trump administration, he sent them some defensive weapons, but not enough. And Biden waited till the invasion to act to help them with anything. Uh, so this is a proxy war, a USA-Russia proxy war fighting in Ukraine, just like we did Vietnam and, and Korea. And hopefully we can get a better outcome than those two wars. Mm -hmm. But I don't see us committing boots on the ground uh, for fear that it could escalate into something worse. This mm -hmm. is now, you know, Korea and Vietnam were then. These are different times we're living in now. I don't think Putin is crazy. Uh, and for those out there who like music, uh, if you recall the Sting, who, you know, he went off on his own, he helped founded the police. But his tune, let us hope the Russians love their children too, right? Uh, because if, if they escalate to nuclear, then we will respond and this planet is going to be in horrible shape. So hopefully we can fight this and the Ukrainians with our assistance can drive the Russians back and avoid a greater escalation. So tie us, tie for us, you know, you started with the Wuhan lab, you know, then the 9-11, the shootings, and then you also mentioned New World Order. Can you paint a picture for us? What is really going on? Like, I know they say in Ukraine, there are, there are bio labs over there. Um, they have been there since the Soviet days. They're nothing new. Some people are just thinking they're discovering them now as if we built them. They, we didn't build them. They've been there for decades. Mm -hmm. uh, 
And that's kind of one of the excuses that uh, Putin apologists make. Well, he's going in and he's going to destroy the uh, bio labs. Well, on the face, that's a good thing, but that still doesn't make him a hero. It doesn't change the fact that he attacked them unprovoked, and that is not his main focus. If you think he's an American hero, uh, I, I don't, I, you need to put down the Kool-Aid and stop smoking the funny stuff because I wrote an article on this countering every point that a Putin apologist makes. He's gone into the Russia or to the Ukraine regions that is rich in oil. He would have liked to have taken over the whole of Ukraine, but I think he's had to scale back his plans because Russia recognizes, unlike Western nations, oil is still going to drive our economy for the next hundred years. There's, you know, the solar panels and the windmills can only do so much. Russia recognizes and wants to sell oil as an exporter. That's why he wanted that Donbass region. If he could have gotten the whole of Ukraine, he would go for it, but it's looking like he can't because he needs, the Ukraine used to be the breadbasket of the Soviet Union. That's why he wants to reconstitute that. He wants control of the food, the fields of Ukraine too, but it mm -hmm. looks like we're gonna stop him. Uh, Putin, people say, is anti-New World Order. And I say to them, again, you're smoking something funny. He is not part of the Klaus Schwab World Economic Forum. Granted, he's not part of that. Neither is Xi Jinping of China. They want their own version of the New World Order. So just because they're not signing on to, and people have been calling this conspiracy for decades, it's right in your face now. You can go to Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum webpage and read for yourself. This isn't wild conspiracy stuff. It's the mm -hmm. ruling elite wanting to always consolidate their power and control over others rather than individual freedoms and personal responsibility that our nation was founded on. So I've there's a meme going around, uh, you know, on social media. You know, who has the latest conspiracy theory? Because mine have all been proven true, right? <laughs> As they have been. Uh, the Russian collusion dossier proven to be a fact. We debunked that conspiracy. And, you know, and, and other things. There's a difference between plausible conspiracy going on and outright uh, Alex Jones kind of stuff. He goes off, you know, way off into the left field at times. Well, paint to us a world under Klaus Schwab's World Economic Forum. Well, I, let's hope it won't happen. Uh, I, I'm hoping too, but the, but yeah. th that's why I need you to paint the picture because you know if I go on LinkedIn, a lot of people support you know, World Economic yeah. Forum, you know. Well, usually they, they, yeah, go ahead. Usually the people on the inside, like I said, the ruling elite and their cronies 
always want to make sure they remain the ruling elite. So if they can get uh, a kind of like a EU was formed in Europe, a, a global order under the United Nations, uh, which you know most nations are part of, but the United Nations was supposed to be a limited scope operation. It's not meant to and should never be allowed to take away other nations' sovereign status. Mm. So here's a quote that um, from World Economic Forum, Yuval Noah Hariri. He said, COVID is critical because this is what convinces people to accept, to legitimize total biometric surveillance. We need to not just monitor people, we need to monitor what's happening under their skin. That's what they're talking about now yep. um, at World Economic Forum. Um, and so what are your views on that? Yeah. And it's, that, that, it's, that to me right there says terrorism. <laughs> that people people are saying, oh, well, you know. Yeah. The, it's, lockdown, it's, the lockdowns were another form of terrorism, ruling right. by fear. That's terrorism, doing something to evoke fear in you so that you may give up freedoms you otherwise might not. And Benjamin Franklin said it best, those who are willing to give up a little freedom for security deserve neither. Yeah, the same person also said, and I'm, I'm reading it, uh, I'm going to credit John Barad, my friend, who for posting this. Um, this person at the World Economic Forum said, I think that the biggest question, maybe in economics and politics in coming decades, will be what to do with all these useless people. I don't think we have an economic model for that. My best guess, just a guess, is that food will not be a problem. With that kind of technology, you will be able to produce food to feed everybody. The problem is more boredom and what to do with them. How do they find more sense of meaning in life when they are basically meaningless, worthless? My best guess at present is a combination of drugs and computer games. Like seriously, this is their view of us that we're worthless and useless. And these are the people who are going to lead us, like who voted them? Right, nobody. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know where to go from that. Uh, but yeah, it, it is indeed, again, never let a crisis go to waste, right? As the saying goes, any crisis, they are already ready and prepared with additional legislation that gives them more power and you less freedom. And we must fight against that. Right, and and that's why I was uh, attracted to your book, your message in the book that, you know, this is depriving us of our sovereignty. This is depriving us of our freedom. And what can you say right now that will return the people to their soul power. Like soul power for me is is also not religious, right? It, it, you know, I think we all have a sense of inner knowing, a sense of inner authority in us. But because 
we are driven to fear, we kind of forget that. We kind of fall asleep in the driving seat. We, we kind of give our power away. And we've seen that. I cannot believe the number of people who just readily gave up their power in the last two years, you know, readily rolled up their sleeves, readily did what they, you know, masked up, muzzled their faces, um, said yes to censorship. I cannot believe that. But what's, where are we at? How can we return the soul power to the people? Well, more and more people are waking up and finally discovering that if we have gotten here because too many people sat on their ass and done little, too busy, like use video games or endless hours, mindless hours watching TV. I certainly watch TV, but you know, you've got to get up and get out and live a bit of a life. And part of that is to be involved in politics. No one can sit on the couch any longer if we're going to save this country and bring the entire world back from the brink of collapse. It's up to us as individuals to get out and do things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's why I wanted you to paint a world under the ruling of the elites, you know, because when they know exactly what they're getting into, maybe they'll say no. Maybe they'll have some resistance. Yeah, well, it, it is just mind-boggling how kids don't do any research on their own and allow themselves to be indoctrinated into socialism, communism, fascism, whatever. They're, they're pretty much synonymous. They want everybody but them, of course. There is always a ruling class in those systems that do well and everybody else do poorly. I don't get how you want to be equally poor as somebody else. Uh, and we tried communism in the United States. People, this story is not in the book because it doesn't directly relate, but the Bradford community in Massachusetts, I think it was, at first tried to be a commune. And it's still to this day, while some states are called commonwealths, that's you know, the early communist commune notion. But the Bradford colony, almost all of them starved to death because no one owned anything. They were all expected to work to get something back. But if so-and-so works harder, then such and such, they're getting the same ration. So it drags human nature down to the lowest denomination, you know, yeah, denominator. Uh, and the Bradford colleague abandoned the commune style, the style, gave everybody their own, you know, sector of land that they then own. No, you don't appreciate something that you didn't earn and you know didn't get from work. Uh, and, and today's left doesn't understand that. They think giving a universal income will solve our problems. It will make matters worse because you, as Jesus even said, again, not to be religious about this, 
but the poor will always be among you. There will always be some mentally ill or others who are just plain lazy that refuse to get up and do anything to help their situation. And that's why we have to have local government handling these things. A local soup kitchen knows who the person in need is versus the freeloader. A state government or the federal government being so big can't make those determinations. So it's a charitable calling to be our brother's keeper. You have to want to, of your own volition, your own funds, help your neighbors. And in return, when they're on their feet, they can return the favor to you. The redistribution of wealth doesn't accomplish that because they just throw money at everything and never really solve anything. Earlier, you mentioned that Putin is not a hero in, in or maybe I'm putting words in your mouth, but no, I said you, that. You, yeah, okay. So do we need a hero? Well, I, that's a misnomer. I, 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 we've seen this during the Obama years, like the Obama zombies. And unfortunately, during the Trump years, there was some of that too. Uh, you have to believe in principles, not personalities, right? And now looking back, the same thing happened with Ronald Reagan. They called them the Reagan Democrats. They were enamored with Reagan and voted for Reagan, but they still voted down ballot for the same fools that screwed up everything before them. So Reagan never really had a chance with a conservative uh, Congress to get all the things he wanted to get done. And then again, we've seen this with Trump, people thinking they need a political savior. No, no one person other than Jesus, if you're a Christian, is going to be able to solve your problems. You have to get off your butt and help make the change, or not change, but a return to the republic we were founded as. It, there is no one man that is coming to your rescue. Yes. Or woman, I, man or woman. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, when when I talk of man here, human, you know, the humanity, uh, right. our human spirit. Um, and I totally agree with you. Um, we need to be our own heroes here. Uh, terrorism will continue if we do not ourselves see the terrorism, the atrocities going on, uh, it will continue as long as we're giving our power away. And uh, the only hero we need is our soul-powered self, I think. And, and that's the basis of the show. Uh, um, that's why I look, there are organized crimes against humanity happening right now it's so blatant they're not even hiding it um the wuhan you know look into it yourself wuhan the world economic forum new world order it's no longer a conspiracy theory it's happening it's happening they yeah, you know what's happening, happening with, it's with happening breast milk right, right now yeah. right breast it's milk it's happening right in the open again 
Don't take my word for it. Don't take Tess's word for it. Go to Klaus Schwab's World Economic website and read it for yourself. This all used to be secretive behind closed doors. They're not hiding it anymore. It's all out in the open, on the internet. If you get your butt off the couch long enough to look at it. Yeah, exactly. Because um, to live in denial will only perpetuate the slavery of people, the terrorism, the the killings. They really, they really want to kill people. They really want to depopulate um, the earth, um, and they only want to be the the ruling people. And they want us what what did it, own nothing, and you will be happy. Right. Really, yeah. really, you will own nothing, and you'll be happy. Uh, no. It, that, yeah. Again, it goes to why communism, socialism, fascism fails every time. You're dealing with a collective rather than an individual. And an individual has their own motivations or their own uh, demotivators. There's a my head. <laughs> <laughs> I can't think of the word there. Incentives or disincentives. And mm -hmm. owning things gives you an incentive, a sense of pride, and that you own it, you take care of it. It's why projects, you know, the big high-rise projects in many cities of the 60s and 70s all failed. You could give somebody an apartment, but if they do nothing to earn that, they generally don't take care of it. And they right. fell into disrepair and couldn't be used anymore. Right. It, like the uh, uh, teach a man to fish, to leave for or give a man a fish, he'll eat for a day. Teach a man a fish, you know, he'll feed himself then for a lifetime. You have to help people up, not give them mm -hmm. a handout. Wow, talk to us more about that. What's what's the difference? What what would it what would it do? Well, uh, teaching again, teaching somebody a skill or what is something simple that they can do so that they can get a job doing that and earning their own way. There's that sense of pride that the humans, uh, the human condition needs from time to time. And just constantly giving something, someone in my opinion is rather insulting saying that they are an inferior human, that they can't do anything without your help. And that to me, you know, is, is a sense of racism or sexism, however you want to look at it. Uh, everyone is capable of doing something and we need to help find that something that we can help someone in need to then become self-reliant rather than dependent, which is what a world, new world order wants. They want a bunch of dependent drones that just allow them to keep and hold power forever. Right, I love that. Thank you so much. That's one of the tactics they use to keep us in fear, to keep us in check, right? The virtue signaling. You have to help, you have to be kind, you have to be this and that which really disempowers people. And like you said, keeps people 
in need rather than empowered to help themselves, right? right. It, it's a general messaging that people are broken, people are not enough. And that is absolute bullshit. And I really think we all need to look into the truth of who we are, the sole power that is inherent in each and one of us, regardless of your religion, regardless of your politics, regardless of uh, your upbringing, your soul power is right there inherent in you. And it's really up to you. You don't need a hero. You need don't need anyone to save you. Um, once you recognize that, that you are more than what you were made to believe about yourself, then you can look terror in the eyes. And when terror strikes, you are ready, you are prepared to not only fight, but really own your sovereignty, your freedom, your right to pursue happiness and your own life, right? So I came across a quote yesterday, which really resonates with the theme of this podcast, before the truth can set you free, you need to recognize which lie is holding you hostage, which lie is allowing you to align with terror instead of freedom. You know, so when terror strikes, I hope you guys will remember that it is up to you to rise up and align with your freedom to live exactly who you are meant to be. And that is the soul powered version of yourself. Any final words, Joseph? Uh... No, uh, other than if people are interested in my book, you could get it Amazon, Books a Million, Barnes and Noble, all that stuff. Terror strikes coming soon to a city near you. Uh, or you, if you want an autographed copy, you can order direct from the book page, terrorstrikes.info. Mm -hmm. And that way will, you can get an autographed copy. Yeah, I will add all those information in this podcast info and uh, thank you so much joseph um you've tickled everyone's <laughs> curiosity in this uh, brief conversation that we had um you mentioned wuhan you mentioned the world economic forum you mentioned 9 11 you mentioned the ostrich so those are little things that hopefully picked people's interest to really get to know uh, get interested in buying your book. Yeah, thanks so much for being here today. Thank you for having me. Take care. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Soul Power to the People podcast with Tess Vergara. We can no longer be the spectators of our own destruction. Take back your mind. Take back your voice. Take back your soul. Take back your power. Join me again next time for the next episode of Soul Power to the People.